You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. And we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. How's it going, Bren? It's going all right. You're back to school now? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) In a way. I guess as much as it can be. Yeah. Yeah, so we made a move to Dongleden 2, a new office in the house. So hopefully it doesn't sound too much different. I mean, you'd only be remembering it from when you heard it a month ago, so... Yeah, you forgot by now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's your first time. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I gotta make a little announcement. Okay. That I have a guest appearance on Hello, This is the Doom Show coming up, where we talked about... Yeah, I guess it's kind of like a semi-biopic of Ed Gein, a little movie from the 70s called Deranged. Interesting. I had a, a lot of fun. Yeah, and if I were a listener, I'd want to go and listen to that too, right after this episode, whenever that comes out. <laughs> you better listen to it. Okay, yeah, you probably won't. It's okay. All right, so what are we covering this time? We're covering uh, The Color Out of Space. Yeah, from 2019. It is a newer movie, so I guess additional spoiler alert. Yeah. I mean, it is based off of a book that came out in, what, the 30s, 20s? Long enough. Long enough. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll go over the IMDb info. Their synopsis says, A secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there. And possibly the world. Ooh. (laughs) It is directed by Richard Stanley. I guess we should just get this out of the way. Yeah, he's known for the movie Hardware and Dust Devil. But his failed Island of Dr. Moreau, which he got canned from and was replaced. We could get into that more, but check out the 2014 documentary Lost Soul. The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. That'll give you all the information you need to know. Pretty crazy story. It is. I don't think I can do it justice talking about it on here, so check out that documentary. It's really fascinating. Back to the info, it was, well, they gave H.P. Lovecraft a writing credit on it. Oh, that's cool. And this is actually written by Richard Stanley and... Scarlet Amaris. It stars Nicolas Cage, 
So you know what you're getting with that. Mm-hmm. A good freak out. Yep. Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, Elliot Knight, Tommy Chong, Brendan Meyer, and Julian Hillard. That covers the main cast. It's not, it doesn't have, this movie doesn't really have that many act, or, uh, characters in it, really. No, but they did credit the horse. <laughs> and the dog. Actually, horses. There's two horses and three dogs, one cat, four alpacas. <laughs> yeah, so that is a pretty short cast then. Yeah, it's not very big, but everybody in it does. I think they do a really good job. Yeah, no one is bad. Yeah. If there was anybody who was bad, it was probably like the mayor. But the mayor's barely in this movie. Mm-hmm. Almost doesn't even need to be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we should get to the trailer. Because we got one. Oh, we do? Let's let's all let's listen to the trailer, everybody. Get ready for noises and stuff. Look at this. All those years in the big city we finally got out. We're living the dream. Maybe it is a dream. I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. Looks like a meteorite. You mean it's radioactive? I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks. How can something that big just disappear? Did you plant those? No. Ward, you come here for a sec. Oh, God. What are you doing? Shh. It's talking to me. Who's talking to you? A man in the well. It's in the static, it's in the moisture. It's in here, it's out there. What's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. Can you believe me now? I don't know what I believe anymore. The color. The color. Everything's gonna be a-okay. What a fantastic trailer that was. <laughs> just enough mystery to get you hooked. Honestly, it probably doesn't work as well, just sound. Need those weird visuals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, HP Lovecraft adaption, gonna get weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should get weird. It has to get weird. If it doesn't get weird... Then it's not an HP Lovecraft adaptation. Yeah. So, how are we gonna do this rundown? 
I know this is tricky because we we both read the the short story. We have not that not that long ago, really. No, it really wasn't that long ago. Uh, I own the complete fiction of H.P. Lovecraft, and then you read it online because it's all public domain. Um, so you you should give at least a listen. There's a lot of people that do readings of it. Uh, I I really I'm just gonna say this. I really enjoyed the short story. Yeah, me too. It's a really good one. I, I've read about half of his work, and it's one of my favorites, easily. Let's not even get into the, what could possibly be wrong with H.P. Lovecraft these days. Yeah, yeah, that's also been covered by a lot of people. Yeah, and that's his personal life, and it was a long time ago. There's a degree of separating the man from his fiction. This It works here. Yeah. So yeah, let's get to that rundown. Okay. I didn't take any notes. So it kind of starts off, and you have Ward, which interestingly enough, his name is Ward Phillips, kind of like Howard Phillips, HP. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. In the book, it's just somebody retelling a story that somebody told him. Yeah, it. There's multiple layers. It's definitely not a firsthand account. So you, you're hearing a story with stacked unreliable narrators not in this obviously (laughs) that'd be a boring movie yeah but ward he's a hydrologist and he's just kind of scoping out the area it starts with him actually narrating and it's directly from the short story which i thought was a nice touch yeah but he's mucking about in the woods and he stumbles across a young young girl doing some witchery lame Ah, uh, yeah. I guess I guess Richard Stanley and so somebody else, they did the ritual of Yog Sothoth before making this movie to make sure it was successful. Oh. <laughs> I, I wish you could all see Brennan's face right now. Not a, not a yes. I'm not a paranormal guy. I... <laughs> you like it as entertainment. Yes. In fictional stories. Yes. Yes. Not the actual practice of witchcraft no. and things like that. I will spring uh, I will I will spend my brain matter on real things. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, so he stumbles on this girl who's doing a ritual of some sort and he interrupts her and she gets mad because she's been interrupted. Turns out she's part of a family that lives nearby. He explains how he's there. To do like, um, he's just kind of surveying for a new hydroelectric dam that's going up in town. Just like in the book. Yeah. And it's like a big deal for this small town that gets something like that. Yeah. That's where the mayor comes in, but not really important. Uh-oh. Oh, why don't you answer it? We'll put Quentin on. Hey, hey, Quentin. You're, um, you're on my podcast right now. Oh, is this okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you what do you need? I just want to make sure everything I say is I'm going to start uh, talking loud and clear so the podcasters can understand everything that I'm saying. Um, what is the topic you guys are talking about right now? We're talking about the movie um, The Color Out of Space, which is based off of an H.P. Lovecraft short story. H.P. Lovecraft is a very interesting, interesting person. Um, I haven't heard of that one. Does that mean it's good or bad? It's really, it was, it was, oh, whoa. Oh, oh, I guess, yeah, that would, that would spoil my, 
my thoughts on the movie, but, you know, whatever. Oh, right, right, right. So you guys haven't come to the conclusion part of the podcast yet? No, we just got started. You just got started. Okay. <laughs> is this live, or is this going to be cut and then posted? It'll be cut. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, I'll leave you to it. Um, I hope everyone who's listening, if this, if this part is in here, I hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast. They are very entertaining people in real life. Um, and keep an eye out for them. All right, everyone. Sounds good. This is the part where you hang up on me now. Bye, Quentin. That was my friend, Quentin. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to get too... I don't know. Do we worry about the character names? It's better off if we just describe who they are. Like It would make it easier when we're talking about the book, too. Like, Ward's fine, and then I think we should split it into, like, father, mother. Little, little brother, big brother. Yeah, Ezra. Yeah, cause, it's an easy name. Well, they are the Gardner family. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, daughter ends up going home, kind of explaining what happened. Hey, ran into weird dude in the woods type of thing. And they're, from, why, from what you pick up on the family, they used to live in the city. They moved out to the father's father's house. Obviously, be passed away. The mother is the breadwinner because the father is focusing on his apparent dream career of raising alpacas. Yeah, pretty lame. <laughs> but yeah, the, the older brother, he's kind of more into science. He's got an interest in space, black holes. That's lucky. And the younger brother is just little kid with glasses. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that kid before somewhere. He's like every little kid with glasses. Yeah. He must be a vampire and doesn't age and just plays kid with glasses. Apparently. But yeah, I mean, their, their family structure seems pretty sound. There's a little tension between the father and the mother, but later on you find out that she had cancer and had some type of surgery, so they're not as intimate as they would like to be. It gets thrown to the wayside fairly yeah. quickly. It's not a major plot point. That's why I figured I'd just throw it out there. But it shows them like having dinner and you get to know enough about the characters. So you feel bad when they're all picked off one by one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really get too deep into anybody at all. And then there's also like living out on their property. There's Ezra played by Tommy Chong, who's just old hippie. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him too. I mean, it's always nice to see Tommy Chong show up in something. And he generally plays stoner. <laughs> I mean, that is how he launched his career. You probably don't know Cheech nope. and Chong. Nope. Oh, man. I grew up listening to Cheech and Chong records. Just a couple of guys who started a career making comedy on stage. And they got pretty popular, so they started... They just made albums because that's what everybody did in the 70s. And it, for the most part, it's mostly stoner comedy stuff. I don't think you would necessarily be entertained by it. I, Maybe. Probably, I don't know. Comedy's comedy. Yeah, they made a few movies, too. They got pretty famous. I used to watch those movies when I was far too young. But anyway, just, I mean, it's a pretty basic story, really. Meteor comes down. Mm -hmm. It's got like a weird magenta colored light it's kind of hard it. to invent a color it is because if you made a color that nobody's seen before that alone would be a an achievement but you have to also understand too like sometimes colors just didn't exist until we made them by mixing other colors and everything yeah we like wouldn't know about colors or we, it, we just wouldn't have names for them yeah like orange there wasn't a color orange in britain for like a really long time and one time the i think it was the danish invaded and they were wearing orange uniforms and no one knew what to call them like no one knew how to describe them they're all just like uh they're it's like kind of red <laughs> but it's like also yellow at the same time <laughs> I, mean, I remember when the trailer for this came out and there were just people online going 
but it's just like purple. It's just like a pink purple color. Well, yeah, they have to make it a color. Yeah, it has to be something. <laughs> I think purple's weird enough. I think so, too. It's really striking in this movie, too. Yeah. Exactly what it's supposed to be. And it stands out enough that when they show it, like, subtly, you can tell what it is. Yeah. I think any other color, like a red could be misinterpreted more as blood. Orange kind of dips into, like, the brownish area and then start it'll start to, like, blend in look more natural. So, like, any other color, really, I don't think would have worked. Yeah, this meteor comes down, and right away the father, he's like, oh man, what's with this smell? Yeah, he's smelling something, no one else is smelling it. Yeah, and it's like, it's pretty big. I mean, it's definitely, I don't know, double the size of a basketball or something. Yeah. It's pretty big, and it's just like in their yard glowing. So then they're like, oh, well, this is like super weird, and we should let somebody know about it. But by like the next day, it's not really there anymore. Yeah, it just disappeared. Just like in the book. But uh, Ward ends up coming over and he's checking it out too. And they have like the police come and nobody really seems to like think much of it. Mm-hmm. Even Ward just kind of passes it off. Like, yeah, it's just a meteor. That's crazy. Yeah, meteorite anyway. for you. I don't want to get attacked by the science community on this. They've got their hands full with enough stuff right now. Yeah. Wait, that means we can use. They're not going to. They're not. They're too busy. They can't respond to us. <laughs> Wow, that crazy meteor hit the ground. Now it's a meteor. (laughs) Wow, did you see that meteorite fly past? (laughs) What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Challenge them to a fight, then some really buff scientist shows up. Oh no, we've been locked in this house forever. We're totally weak. Yeah. We can't possibly fight you. So yeah, from there on, like just weird things start to happen. Weird whistling noises. It's all very subtle. Yeah. I mean, I noticed right away that nobody else smelled it. Mm-hmm. Just the dad. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of off. Like, you met him just enough where you can tell that everybody somehow is a little different right away. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of progresses from there. Like, yeah. they're preparing another meal, and the mom just starts zoning out, and she ends up, like, lopping off two of her fingers with the kitchen knife. Oopsie. So then the dad has to take her to the hospital, because I think at that time, the phones weren't working either, were they? They stopped working after they left, but yeah. Yeah, because, like, the daughter's trying to call to find out what's going on with the mom, and the dad's trying to call the daughter to Mm -hmm. check up. Yeah. It's really faint. And you can almost like hear his voice and it sounds like he's yelling something. Yeah. But really on the other end, he's not getting anything and he's not yelling. Yeah. Even time starts to distort for everyone, their perception of time and actual time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's possibly taken taken from events later in the movie and just being filtered and replayed. I wonder if it's maybe because the, the dad develops like a really angry personality later on i wonder if that's just his that personality showing through the phone but not through actual verbal communication oh like he internalizes a lot of his anger or he externally says things you know what he's actually saying but because of how things are changed through the color that it ends up coming out the other end already messed up that it isn't just him physically getting more angry but that it's like literally warping it no matter how it is transferred even if it's through like phone signals ah interesting like your little thought there Bryn. the youngest boy he's hearing whistling coming from the well and he keeps mentioning his friends like oh my friends and nobody else seems to hear it the the daughter kind of picks up on it mm-hmm. 
just a little bit. But a lot of, during this time, too, the older brother is just gone because they establish that he's a pothead. So it was always like brought up as a joke, like, oh, he's just getting high in the barn, mm-hmm. which he was yeah. <laughs> at one point. But yeah, so he's like in charge of all the alpaca while the parents are away. Because the kids are there, it almost seems like they're having a harder time because they're starting to experience things. Yeah. But even just the exposure, I suppose, too, because it, even when the parents are coming home, like the dad's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know how the how they're really affected, you know, like we're the mom and dad being affected outside of the area. How big is the area? You know, I wonder if it is just whoever was there at the time, because Ward doesn't really seem he is personally affected when all like like the lights and stuff are going off near him. Yeah. And he had some weird experiences out in the woods. But he never, it was never really his, like, psyche that was affected. He never really started, I mean, who knows if that was all in his head. It could be, but it, there was nothing that really, I don't know if he really heard the whistling. But his, his truck does go bananas. Yeah, but that's something that happens in the physical world. I'm saying, like, how everyone else's, like, mental, like, perceptions start to break down. And the kids seeing, you know, weird friends and even when the, um, the daughter is washing off the bloody knife the mom used to cut her fingers all the blood starts like pouring out of the sink and this really fantastic horror scene very <laughs> I, I love it when they use excessive blood like that um but you know that, that was another thing that was just in her head it's interesting that the family and ezra are affected like that i wonder if that has to do with the proximity i think so yeah because ward and the oldest son at one point went to visit ezra mm-hmm and that's when Ward kind of picks up that something's wrong with the water. Yeah. Because he notices, he gets a cup of coffee from Ezra and notice like there's something weird on the water. Yeah. So then he he went off to test it Yeah. back at his camp. And that's when all the stuff happens to him with the truck and everything. But he does figure out that, yeah, the water is contaminated mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be drinking it. Yeah. And he tries telling them that, but... Keep on drinking that water. Yeah, <laughs> because they're getting the water from that well. I'm assuming it's all their water. I guess so, yeah. Uh, people go more crazy. Dog goes missing. The parents come back. They yell at the big brother and older sister for not keeping an eye on the little brother who's just standing all creepy, staring off. And the alpaca are out. Yeah, even though they kept on being brought in. Yeah. They would just be out again weird i like that yeah but even the older brother too mentioned that he w- he went out and then next thing you knew it was night mm-hmm. and he was kind of freaking out like what is going on yeah so all this kind of happens at once where everybody's like all right things are really weird they're all back together again and then things really start to go downhill yeah it's got to be like a couple days that all this happens if that flowers start popping up uh-huh. Weird little magenta flowers, purpley flowers. Weird bug. Yeah, there's like a bug that comes out of the well that the little boy sees and it like sprouts weird wings right in front of him mm-hmm. and then has all these tendrils come out of its mouth. Yeah. But then you also get bug vision uh-huh. or it must be whatever the color is seeing because it's just breaking everything apart into blue and reds. That was cool. I'm not always a big fan of that. And at first I was like, oh no, is this movie really going to do that? It did it very sparingly. It did. And it was kind of cool when it did it, Mm because it just gave you a different perspective. Yeah. But normally I'm not a big fan, because usually it's just some, like, really lame effect. Like in Alien 3, I did not like the alien vision. (laughs) 
There's a lot to not like about Alien 3. <laughs> it's good in Predator. Yeah. That's something that uses it well. Evil Dead. Yeah. Does it very well. Because you never see it. No, you don't. That's what I love about Evil Dead. Yeah. You never know what's chasing them. Mm-hmm. Well, the dad blows up on the daughter. He gets that, like, super angry personality. He's freaking out. He goes to take a shower, and he finds, like, this weird white, like, blob. Oh, yeah. It's just like a... Gelatinous. <laughs> just a gelatinous lump. Yeah, and he picks it up, and it, like, in, like, an instant, like, grows a bunch of veins across his hand. He's like, ah, throws it down. This Stomps is weird. it through the drain. Yeah. Just like a turd. Waffle stomp. When you take your poop shower. Mm-hmm. The mother and son go out to the barn where the alpacas are in, and that's when the the color kind of comes out. And and there's something wrong with the alpaca. Yeah, they're all freaking out. And then it's weird. Then the color comes out and, like, zaps them. Yeah, like, through the alpaca. Like, it shoots out of them. Then it just melds them together. Yeah, they, they like, fuse to each other. Really weird. But I like how it doesn't really show you a lot. Uh-huh. You get little glimpses here and there of what's happening. Yeah. At any point in time, but you don't really get too many big glory shots. They'll give it to you, which mm-hmm. is not a lot. They use it very sparingly. Uh-huh. Which they didn't have to do, because a lot of the effects on this are really cool. Really, really cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, all those alpaca are melded together. And they're all, like, kind of, like, skinless and It's very, like, hairless. It's like, you know? um... The thing. The cage scene in The Thing. Yeah. It's a weird biomass. Yeah, it's very cool. Man, all this stuff with the mom and the son melded together. Because, like, you can hear both of them crying out in pain and stuff, but they're almost making each other's voice. Yeah. The sound design on this is really cool. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it just kind of messes with you. When you get little glimpses of the boy, he almost has, like, purpley lights inside him. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of glowing. And the mom just is all gray and weird. Do you think... I was, I was just thinking about this. Do you think that, uh, because the mom had cancer, do you think the kid became her new cancer? He's like a cancerous growth on her? I was kind of thinking the same thing. If that was, that's why they brought it up or why it's even in the movie. Because otherwise the cancer thing really wouldn't have a good purpose. It does seem like a weird. A weird analogy or something or other. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the the dad locks him up the eventually attic. because they can't go anywhere. He wants to take him, but the car isn't working, of course. Yeah, and then he has like a great Nicolas Cage freak out inside yeah. the car. Uh huh. That part was nice. I I think for the most part he's pretty subdued in this. For Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he could have just gone ham the entire time, but he didn't. Like he saved it appropriately. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't even, like, too weird. He was, like, pretty dorky up until he starts changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he goes out and he shoots all the alpacas. A really cool, cool, gory scene while their heads are exploding. <laughs> because the mom and the mom-son fusion thing are locked upstairs, and they have the daughter bring them water. Just how the mom's, like, lapping it up like a dog. Uh-huh. Kind of creepy. But then the dad's like, well, better take care of this. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just more out of love that he just can't see them suffer anymore. Yeah. I think that's partly him. Yeah. It's totally messed up. <laughs> There's no way medical science can help them at no. that point. They wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah. They, they just look at him and be like, ah. Beyond me. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to shoot He's gonna shoot the mom in the head, but then realizes that he can't do it. So then he goes down and starts kissing her and he's got purple slime on his lips gross yeah because the daughter was all mad like are you gonna take care of her 
like you did the alpaca. That was kind of chilling. The daughter goes to do the the ritual. Oh yeah, that's like her thing because she's and I figure that dealt with teenagers cutting themselves, but it's also tied into the whole magic thing that she was into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or she is going through the paperback Necronomicon. Yeah, and even cool. You get like a cool hardcover. <laughs> no, I feel the paperback's almost cooler. I had it when I was in high school. Of course, you did. <laughs> I did. You know, I have no idea what happened to it. It just disappeared. Ooh. Spoopy. Yeah, she's like etching weird symbols and stuff into her. Great craftsmanship. I. She, yeah, she did a really good job. Don't condone it. <laughs> but I guess in that scenario, why not try something? But then also like that could be the color affecting her too. Probably. I imagine that's what it is. And then the big brother and the daughter are like, okay, we should should probably leave now. Yeah, they're just like, well, why don't we just leave? Yeah, and they go to take Comet, their horse. But of course, Comet isn't really, uh, isn't wanting to be ridden. Starts freaking out. And then the big brother hears the dog in the well. Thinks he's he hears the dog in the well. Because the dog already went missing and is totally dead. Um, And he stupidly gets in the well. To go get it. Oh, yeah, it just gets pulled in. Yeah, so yeah, he's gone now. Oh, we forgot to mention the cat. G-Spot the cat. Yeah, Ezra's cat. The whole thing with Ezra, too, where he's, like, listening to the floor. Uh-huh. And said he can hear the people. Uh-huh. That's what, like, Ward stopped by to tell him not to drink the water. Yeah. And he asks where the cat is, and he's like, oh, that cat, cat's gone. Next time you see it, probably won't look like it or whatever. Yeah, and the parents almost hit the cat yeah, on the way back. weird and monstrous. <laughs> Dad totally breaks down. His skin is starting to change, crusty. Yeah. And, like, kind of cracking open and stuff, because he's always itching it. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a fun little tidbit, because I've... I was thinking when we were watching, I was like, the picture of his dad, I'm like, that's gotta be somebody. So I feel like that would not just be a random picture. Mm -hmm. So I did find out who it was. That photo is actually Robert E. Howard, who was the creator of Conan the Barbarian, and an an author who was actually friends with H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, huh, that's cool. Yeah, just like the other little thing that I noticed, I was like, okay, that's gotta be something. What was... The oldest son had above his computer, like the words up there. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I didn't, no. It said, no flesh shall be spared. That's referencing, it's like a reference to the Bible, but that Richard Stanley used it in uh, the movie Hardware. Oh, it's an interesting little Easter egg. I figured like Richard Stanley would just put little nuggets of stuff everywhere. Yeah. There's probably tons of stuff I missed. Yeah. Or just wouldn't notice. Like, there's stuff on the TVs and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that's got to be something. Yeah, the weird. There's something in the static, too, and there's always, like, a weird pattern in the static. Oh, like, the static, I figured, was, like, what you see at the end, which we'll get into in a little bit. Because we're going to just kind of wrap things up. Because there's not a whole lot we can really discuss. Yeah, the dad goes crazy and locks the daughter up in the attic with the mom's son. (laughs) And then that's when, oh, what's his name? The only, Ward. This is one name we've been saying. Ward gets uh, the sheriff and they go to check up on everybody. And clearly the dad is crazy. They discern that very quickly. They hear the daughter up in the attic and they go run, break in, and the mom's son is turning into this crazy... Extendo neck. Yeah. And it's like the jaws almost hanging down. Yeah. And it's like trying to get at the daughter. It's crawling all around. Yeah. Licking her and stuff. It's really weird. Yeah. It's super, it's kind of 
scary looking. Well, it's definitely scary looking. And then surprisingly, because like the whole time the dad was like, oh, you know, this is my family. You know, we're all, we all stick together here. <laughs> This this is the this is the family whatever he breaks in he shoots the the mom totally explodes her head <laughs> and then shoots the weird son on her back and he just goes oh these these aren't my family <laughs> oh yeah because he was he thought he was talking to him downstairs mm-hmm. and maybe to him he was yeah it might not even like that part might not even be psychological with all the time twistiness who knows yeah everything's definitely escalated at this point ward and the daughter are like going to leave and then the dad starts pointing the shotgun at ward so then the sheriff shoots the dad uh so then uh oh you know dad died it's not good yeah and she's really upset so the daughter wants to stay with the dad because they're gonna go get ezra and leave so they go over to ezra's like he's just sitting in his couch. Like you think he's talking, but it's just like one of the recordings, and it's all weird and warped. Oh, and yes. it's just the it's the stuff from the short story, uh-huh. like the color that burns. I love that part. That's my favorite part of that that short story. Super cool in this too. I totally thought Ezra was gonna pop out all alive and crazy, but no. Yeah, you can see like the little purple lights on his forehead. Yeah, deep inside. Uh huh. Then his like head collapses in into weird color stuff, and they they all start running away. But then the sheriff is snagged by a tree. Oh yeah, that's right. Just pulled up and starting to get absorbed by the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all the weird colors start spewing out of the well weird tendrils ward shows up and like the grass is like grabbing at him even like everything's going crazy everything that's been affected is being super affected ward's like oh, okay daughter like uh, yeah we gotta get out of here let's go you know definitely can't stick around here and then her eyes start glowing and she's like no i'm gonna stay and then they look at each other and he has like this weird vision of what's presumably the colors home world yeah or a world that it's assimilated or something. I don't know. You can't really discern much from it other than it's crazy. Yeah. And there's like weird structures and stuff there. And that's kind of what was, you could see, kind of see that in the static a little bit. Oh, oh yeah. I never, I never made that connection, but yeah, it's a weird vision, the weird home world and then big beam shooting off. Everything's going crazy. Everything starts warping all weird. You know, when you go out of bounds in a video game, <laughs> and like you start leaving that trail of your 3d model but it kind of looked like that weird smearing yeah just like somebody used the smudge tool in photoshop and just was like right yeah it was really cool and then the the daughter just completely it just becomes assimilated into the color yeah she's gone whether she's like beamed back to that wherever the uh, color i think came she just from, becomes or just... part of the yeah the but conscious. when yeah so like when ward goes in to the house the dad's back mm-hmm. and he's chasing after him but then like at the same time the family's just hanging out in one of the rooms mm-hmm. together so everything's getting super super weird messed super up. messed and weird and then he just freaks out and he manages to get down into the cellar and like you could see the light from the color outside and it's lighting up the cellar mm-hmm. there's that whistling was back to him super loud all the <laughs> wine shatters and he's just like, yeah. I'm losing it. Yeah, and then the dad gets assimilated into color. And then one big burst. Just shoots out of the well back into the space or wherever. Yeah. Whatever dimension or realm it came from. And then it leaves like, and that's where I figured like the radius was. Yeah. Like how everything in like a circle around that well area was just dead. devoid of color. Uh-huh. It almost looked black and white. 
Especially Ward. when Ward comes out and it's like the ash is kind of coming down. Uh-huh. It just looked like they just filmed that in black and white. Yeah. Which was cool. I thought that was a really cool effect. Really cool. It's almost like the reverse um, Wizard of Oz effect. Oh. Have all the black and white. Then, oh, wow, color. It's so magical. The rest of the movie, when things are normal, it's a little dull, but it's not like devoid of color or anything. It's no. not too dull. Yeah. But yeah, the more color. I mean, it's at one point, like all the leaves on the trees are that color. Uh huh. Yeah. Ward survives, and then it's more narration from the book. Who knows how much while later he's standing on top of that dam that was still built. Talking about how he's never going to drink that water. <laughs> Just doesn't trust it. Yeah, that was the movie. I'm sure he missed some stuff. There's so much that happens, though. Yeah, it's a crazy movie. Yeah, I didn't really want to take super detailed notes. I just kind of wanted to touch on, like, the more interesting parts of it. Because as much as, like, our previous episode of Escape from L.A. was an end-of-end movie, Mm -hmm. this just has a lot of different sequences that all lead to something. Yeah. Which do you like more, the story or the movie? That's hard to say. It's tricky. The story was really, really good. Yeah. That story was awesome. Yeah. If you hit, hey, Dongles, if you haven't read it, I recommend... Let's put it this way. If you haven't read it and you also haven't seen this movie, read the short story. You can find it online for free. Mm-hmm. And then watch this movie. Rent it from somewhere. It's currently streaming on Shutter, Or just go buy it. I saw it at Menards, the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it there for like 15 bucks. I should have just bought it. I don't know if we're dipping our feet too much into the what we think of this movie but i think there were certain things that i definitely preferred in the book yeah i liked the thing that happened to the mom in the book uh, a lot more i liked the ending to the book more too that ending was really cool yeah because there's more police and they're in the house proper mm-hmm. watching everything happen outside and the house had already had no color to it and things were turning brittle it was really cool and i i think like in the beginning of the movie, because they use the narration from the book about how no one wants to talk about the strange days and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It makes more sense for that to be kind of a thing if there are like a bunch of police officers that saw it and all the cattle that died. Because all that anybody in the local town really would have seen of the strange days in the movie would have just been like the cattle dying, which could just be summed up to, oh, that was just a weird disease. Yeah, in the movie, they don't really explore anything beyond the house. Mm-hmm. Or the woods, for that matter. Yeah. When you see a hospital, you see some stuff on TV. Like when the dad got interviewed, and they made him seem like a UFO kook. Yeah, that part was funny. <laughs> and he was getting down there. He was like, it wasn't a UFO. I never said it was a UFO. Yeah, there's definitely, in the book, it's a lot more drawn out with how long things were happening. Yeah, it's like a few years. I know, yeah, I don't remember how much time passed in the yeah, book. because they talk about, like, winter and stuff like that. And... Oh, yeah. At least a... At least a year. I don't know. I think this is a really good adaption anyway. It's a good modernization of it. Yeah. I still would like to see a period piece. So do you have a favorite scene? Uh, I think when when Ward and the Sheriff go to Ezra's after he already died, that part was just so cool. Because all the tension was really starting to really set in. Crazy things were starting to happen. That part, really cool. It's a little bit of a tough choice. It's a toss-up for me between the crazy mom scene and that scene at Ezra's house. Because I do love that audio 
of his reel-to-reel tape playing. Yeah. One of those two. What about the effects? What did you think of the, all the effects? I thought the effects were really good. All the practical effects. All the weird shots of just like weird flesh moving around. Never really got to get a sense of the form. Just very H.P. Lovecraft. Um, that's something you kind of have to do. Because he uses a lot of weird descriptions where, you know, you're not really seeing. He never gives a full description and lets your mind wander and makes it more scary. So I think they definitely did a good job utilizing that. I think sometimes the the color was a bit too extreme. Like when it's like a bunch of bright light tendrils everywhere. It was almost a bit too excessive. I guess I would have preferred it if it was a bit more subdued and until the end, obviously. That's when you can have all the crazy light and everything like that. Yeah, I liked it when it was shown with the flashlight in the dark. Yeah. When it first started coming around and yeah. it, you could just barely make it out. And it was just kind of there, almost like a, did I see that? Did Mm -hmm. I not see that? Yeah, that part was cool. Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, I don't think this had a big budget by any means, but I I think they did well with what they had. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, sometimes the white, the color, like when it was coming out of the the well, when it was the tendrils, I thought that was probably the weakest effect. And it was like more white almost, but it was still cool. How would you rate this by saying the word movie? Mm. And would you recommend it? Well, first off, yes, I would recommend it. Definitely. At least listen or read the story first. If you have that time while you're working, because everyone's working from home now. Just (laughs) pop on, just look it up on YouTube even. I'm sure there's a million horror channels that have read it. um, And they had cool sound effects probably. I was doing a thing where I was reading it and recording it months ago. Don't know if I'll ever finish that, though. I don't think I really have the voice for it. I barely have a voice for this. <laughs> I'd say it's a, it's a movie. <laughs> I'd say Colorado Space is a movie. I really like this. I definitely recommend it. Um, I think it's, it's possibly one of my favorite H.P. Lovecraft adaptions out of... I really like Dagon as well in the early 2000s. That movie was pretty fun. Had some pretty, pretty uh, loosey goosey bad CGI in it mm. towards the end, but you can't go wrong with a village full of mutant fish people and really putting one of those little, little brick Nokia phones to good use. Bashing a fish person with it. That one's pretty good too. I feel this is faithful enough to the source material. Ooh, would you say it's uh, better than the Reanimator? I don't feel like Reanimator. I mean, I love Reanimator, but I don't feel that's a very good adaption of a H.P. Lovecraft story. It isn't. A, I haven't seen it, but from what I've seen of it, it doesn't seem like a no. really a, a recreation because that's one of my favorite H.P. Lovecraft stories. I mean, if you want to watch it, I'll watch it with you. I love that movie. should read the story too. I think I still have the VHS somewhere in this house. <laughs> That I had to, I actually had to splice it together because it broke. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, nope, this is not happening. I have to watch Reanimator. But yeah, it's, it's a good, weird time. If you haven't seen it, Dongles, go watch it. Is that all you got, Bren? Yeah. Okay. Well, be sure to give our T Public store a visit. Get the cool new Space Demon design. I know, I want it. I'll leave a link in the show notes about that. Feel free to contact us, especially if there's a mystery that needs to be solved. Give it a try. You can send us an email at gmail.com. That email address burns. Or you can come 
be a part of the Dongle Den on Facebook. It's the only real reason I'm on Facebook anymore. <laughs> Everything else, terrible. Yeah. I'm there for like my podcast buddies and the Dongle Den. Come share some memes because somebody besides me and Court Psyops has to share some memes in there. I throw my hat into the ring a few times. It's usually just really weird stuff. Hey, go for it. Speaking of Court Psyops, if you have not listened to his show, Cinema Psyops, I highly recommend it. It is one of my favorite shows, and he's been playing our promo on that show for probably months now, and what an awesome dude. What a cool guy. That's right. And we would still like to have him back on the show. You hear that, Court? Yeah, Court. You gonna come back on the Corrupted Youth Podcast? Or are you not man enough to do it? Oh! Uh, come on, Court. Show us what you got. Other than that, thanks to our listeners of the Dongles and our fellow podcasters. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Bye. Hang in there, Dongles. kind of like hey i got a poop and then i just pooped and oopsie it was in my pants